Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday mornings come around again, and it's time for Let's Talk Gardening. And what a joy it is to be here. Good morning to you. Chris Bartlett here sitting in for... Ray today, who's having the weekend off, which is wonderful. But rest assured, Faye's in the studio. Good morning, Faye. Good morning, Chris. It's lovely to have you here, and Thank thanks you for much. helping out. It's a great pleasure always to be here and to work with you for the next couple of hours. And we're looking forward to your phone calls, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is going on in the garden. And this morning, as I was just saying to Faye, you know, I just looked at my garden this morning when I got up very early, and suddenly everything is just bursting. Oh, it's amazing. And the... The evenings are lovely too, mm. Chris. We've had some balmy nights mm. and the sunset and the colour in the skies have been electric. Where we live up on the hill in Spearwood, we get some beautiful sunsets. And you go, oh, just another sunset. But there are, there are evenings when you just stop and go, oh, just look at that. And you spend 30 seconds and it is just divine. Now, what's going on in the garden? I've noticed lots of new shoots coming up everywhere. We had a lot of things very heavily pruned, but already they're coming back gangbusters. It's well, just hit me wonderful. with your questions, Chris. Oh, my question. Well, the first one, which I think is probably a little bit early, but nevertheless, it was on my agenda. Um, grapes, when they develop, how do I protect them from the rats? Well, uh you probably don't have to worry just yet. Wait for their their size to get a little bit bigger. Mm. I noticed with mine the the buds are appearing. So if you did want to do any pruning, like think about what you can actually manage through to harvest. Mm. Are you going to net the whole crop or are you going to bag them? You are better off targeting say 20 bunches rather than having 50 yep. that you actually can't manage. So you could do a little bit of pruning now mm-hmm. and maintain airflow. So you'll see that there's a lot of new growth there. You can go in and clip out some of the leaves that are smothering around the bunches. You still want to provide that that shelter from the sun, mm. but just increase the airflow. I was interested in that. And also, I noticed everything's going vertically, and I've been using elastic bands to sort of incline them in a particular direction I want them to go. Is that all right? Elastic bands. Yeah, so that's just to show them that I want them to go to the left and move in this direction so they grow more in that direction rather than using any form of twine or whatever. Mm. I just thought elastic bands would give them a little bit of movement in the wind but it would incline them in the direction I want them to go to provide some cover. Whatever works for you, Chris. Mm-hmm. That sounds but, like bonsai training. <laughs> But the other thing is you're mentioning there is to allow air to get through. So even culling some of the shoots now, which are abundant and there are probably too many of them, taking a few out would be worthwhile. Exactly. You you need to maintain airflow because we want to minimise the risk of powdery mildew. And so airflow is one and not having the plants wet at night time. Not wet at night time. Yes, very now, important. When the fruit starts to develop, what sort of bags would I be using? Anything? Paper you can bags get or fruit fly bags? Fruit fly bags. So the netting is small. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that fruit fly would be too much of a problem, but uh, you could even make your own out of. Uh, 
Muslin? Cotton? Muslin's very fine, uh, like fly netting. Yeah, yeah. Like mosquito yes, netting, yes. that sort of thing. That's and sort curtain of very fine material. Mesh. Mm-hmm. Some of the fine curtain material. And you said, net. let me just go back because I want to make sure me, but everyone else listening, is also on the same page. Don't water the, the vine at night? Correct. I My belief for most things is that you water early, early mm. in the morning and the plant gets all that it needs, but it's got time to dry out. If you water in the evening, particularly on the cool nights, the the nights where there's no airflow, mm-hmm. the fungal diseases are more likely to proliferate. So the to reduce fungal diseases, water in the morning. The exception might be for succulents because they're desert dwellers and the best time to water them is nighttime because that is when they take up their moisture mm-hmm. and the earlier the better before dawn as we get earlier mornings now we're talking four, five o'clock in the morning four o'clock's a good time in the morning it's good good time for the water to get through and settle through the mulch and whatever Still and then get dark. into the soil yep yep i will make some adjustments to the reticulation mm-hmm. uh, other things slaters yes some people talk to me and say nah they're a pest get rid of them what do you think well they can be a pest if you put out some new seedlings you can find that the slaters can devour them. Now, I understand they don't actually eat the seedlings. They eat the bacteria that grows on the seedlings. But nevertheless, you can lose seedlings to slaters and slugs very early in the piece. So the best thing to do is make traps. So if you're having lemon or orange drinks mm-hmm. and you're you're juicing them and the fruits are cut in half, use those shells around your plants as a trap and then you the slaters shelter in there they also you'll know if mm-hmm. you've picked up a saucer or a plant pot mm-hmm. in the garden Absolutely. It, there's always slaters there so mm-hmm. they act as a trap and then you can dispose of them now they're very good workers in the garden you'll often find them in compost they will break down organic material and they can uh, target heavy metals mm-hmm. But, of course, when they in turn break down, then that will go back into the garden. They're also food for other critters. So So. it works in a complete cycle then? It is. They're doing good things and they're delicious for other uh, predators, you might say. Exactly. Last one while we have a moment. It is uh, 12 minutes past. uh, I want to get mine out of the way first. 12 (laughs) minutes past eight. Pawpaw tree. Planted in the sun, uh, north, south, east, west. We're in a sandy type of soil that we've done a lot of uh, improvement to. Full sun, well-composted soil, plenty of moisture, and uh, don't cut the top. If you do, put a tin over the top because one of the mistakes people make if they want them to bush out is cutting off the top, you get rains, and the stems are quite hollow. They can rot in the top, so you put a tin can upside down over the top to keep the moisture out. And you talked about them being asexual. Yes, they have an interesting sex life. Mm. Uh, they can be male or female plants, and of course, you won't know until the flowers uh, develop have developed. Uh, so, if you're growing from seed, you will grow a lot of seed, grow them up before you can tell what's what.
Such fun in the garden. Hey, there just is so much to do every time I'm home on the weekends and I damage my hands every weekend. <laughs> but it's fun and the pain is worth, worth it because of the pleasure that comes from it. We'll talk about your garden a little later because we already have a caller on the line. Incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, you know the number, 94841927. Please don't leave your calls till too late when it gets warmer. Make your calls now, 94841927, or emails to us at gardening at curtainfm.com.au. That first caller of the morning is out in Girraween. Good morning, Neil. Very good morning to everybody. Thank you, Neil. Lovely to hear from you. Well, I've heard your programme for quite a while, and I've worked in that many nurseries and gardens. That's a bit of a joke. But we have a, a problem with a, a, a olive tree out the front of our place. It's been there for a fair while, and it's very bulky on the bottom. It's for, developed now some, some sort of a fungus on the base of it. Uh, and put, I found a few mushrooms uh, a little while ago just around the edge of the tree. So how do we get rid of the fungus? Mm, well, fungus are amazing. And often by the time that you see the mushrooms, which are in fact the fruiting bodies, 90% yeah. of the the fungal threads are living underground, uh, forming a network. Yeah. Now, different types of fungus form different functions. I'm guessing that what you have might be a saprophytic fungus and that will break down dead and or decaying wood. Now, the problem is that that may indicate that the tree is in decline. Are you able to send us through a photo, Neil? Um, well, I could get one, but it would be a while to get before I get it, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. What colour are, is the fungus? Uh, just a whitish, brownish colour. All right. There is one that grows on on decaying stumps, and that is Omphalotus nidiformis, and it actually glows in the dark. So that's quite interesting. Um, it it does indicate that the the wood at the base is dead, whether it is actually on the tree or if there is something else growing around there, still to be determined. Uh, you know, d trees can live for a very long time, even in the presence of fungus, but it's not a good sign for the tree. No. Oh, well, we'll see what we can do. Mm. Yeah, try and get a photo to us if you can, uh, Neil. Okay. That would really help. Yeah. Send it through to gardening at curtainfm.com.au as an attachment, and we'll do our best to get back to you either this morning or if you can't do it till during the week, we'll talk about it next week. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Now, before we go any further, Faye, it's uh, 60 minutes past eight guests this morning. Who are we talking to? Um, Vivian Etta? Yes, and there is a wonderful... Uh, it is the 2023 National Rose Society of Australia Championships, and that is coming up, so we'll learn all about that from... Vivian, who's actually the owner of the Swiss Rose Nursery. So uh, a, a wonderful time for roses around Perth at the moment. They're just mm. really doing their thing, I, which is wonderful. I second your opinion. Our garden is just full of mm. them, and it's gorgeous. Colours and scents. and I mean, you, You've talked in previous programmes, and it's common knowledge, when they die, deadhead them, and they'll come back again. They have rewarded us magnificently. Yes. Magnificent. Got many in your garden? 
I have quite a few and they are really performing and the blooms are hanging in there yeah. surprisingly well at the moment, so I'm very pleased. Do you have a favourite one? Mm, oh, no, type? I don't do favourites. I have Pierre de Ronsard over my arbour that's budding up and coming into bloom. I've got Seafoam as a large standard. The pair of them together look amazing and they follow on from the, the row of... Uh, seduction that I have lining the pathway to the front door but then I have a mixed bed of just joey angel face iceberg uh, and a yellow and a red and yeah I love all the, way the colors just, of the rainbow I just love the way you can just <laughs> run them off out of your memory just like that I'm sure you have names for them all too Brenda lives in Armadale good morning Brenda how can we help you with your problem with the lawn Good morning. Well, unfortunately, the lawnmower man that cut the lawns went a bit mad and that cut them too low. Consequently, me and the next door neighbour and the people, because I'm in the retirement village, we've only got pocket handkerchiefs as lawns <laughs> and they've all got bare patches. Oh. You know, taking, oh. it, taking it far too short. Oh, I hate that, Brenda. Uh, how regularly is the lawn being cut? Oh, well, I... This is a contractor because we don't pay for that, you know. The, the owner does. But and I think it's every three weeks. I think something like that. All right, that's not too bad. Uh, part part of the issue is like if the lawn is not being cut often enough for how much it's growing. Like if you're you've got it well fed and well watered and it's putting on all this amazing growth, and he comes lovely, weekly, yeah. that would be fine. <laughs> If it grows and it grows too long, by the time he comes back and his blades are set at a certain length, it will be an ongoing problem. If you're, you're giving the lawn tough love and it's not growing that great, you know, maybe he's brought it back into, into line going forward. You've got a baseline now and provided you don't kind of overfeed and overwater it, Three weekly mowing is probably okay, and it won't be too short from there. The other thing is, if I, you're, I think he had the blades too short because after a while, evidently he kind of made it a bit different. <laughs> I think he just shut, he cut it too short. Right, must have been because there's really now I've got these naked patches in it, and it looked lovely before. Well, we don't worry, feed, it, feed and weed because we had a lot of weeds. Well, don't yeah, worry too much <laughs> right now. But if it has been fed, you would have had a lot of growth in three weeks. So what I'm saying is if his blades are at that point now and he's done that low cut, that, you know, now you water it, the growth will possibly slow down. It probably won't happen next time. If it's happening every month, something has to change. It either needs to be cut more often or you need to reduce the watering. The other thing is possibly if your lawn is a little bit uneven, that can cause patchiness and now would be a good time to fill any gaps with a lawn blend. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and do any top dressing or anything or not? No? Well, it's not top dressing as such it is a top dressing mix but you oh. don't need to put it on thick all you want to do is even up your lawn and spread it evenly and fill the gaps and that will set you up 
for the growing season ahead. If it's getting scalped every time, you know, either you talk to him or you get a new contractor. Oh, well, we talk to the owner, you mean, because <laughs> we don't own that part of it. Mm. You know, we're under the leasehold, you know, he, he insures the uh, house and, and he does the front garden. Well, you do what you think is best, I think, is the good advice here, Brenda. Do what you think yeah, is best yeah. for the lawn. Yeah, so you, you're saying put a, 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 what did you say, a seed mix, did you no, say? No, a, a lawn blend at this time of year helps even up an uneven lawn. Okay, okay. Well, it, don't, it doesn't look it. It just, it just seems it, well, it could be, I suppose. Just he's, and the roots are showing because, you know, it's just raw. Mm. Well, if he's cut it too short, the roots would be showing all across the lawn no, if yeah, it no, was even. But if it was a little bit high and low, a lawnmower can cut in and expose roots in some areas and not so much in others. Talk to oh, him about it. He'll, he'll be able to tell I'll you. With the lawn bled. Yeah, oh, well, we don't know him, you see. Just, he turns up and mows the lawn and then he goes. I can't, honestly, I think it's every three weeks because... You need to catch him. You don't have him. anything to do with it. You don't, you don't kind of notice, you know, except set the results afterwards. I thought, oh, gosh, he's got a bit short. Well, you set up the lawn and get that uh, lawn blend on there, so next time he comes round, he'll have more of well, a level surface to work on. Communication is the key. You've got to talk to these people, Brenda, yep. to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Okay? And, and Good luck. Water it, water it the three times a week or water it a bit more? Well, if it's growing really well, that's more. That's that's enough. Okay. Certainly okay. more than enough at this time of year. Right. Okay. Thank you very Good much. Good on you, Brenda. Have a lovely okay. weekend. Bye. Enjoy the sunshine. 23 minutes past eight. Curtain Radio. And we're talking gardening till 10 o'clock, which you would expect because it's Saturday morning here on Curtain FM. Faye is in the studio. Ray's having the weekend off, which is wonderful. Chris Bartlett here sitting in the studio, pressing the buttons and engaging this wonderful person with all her extraordinary knowledge about gardening. You can do the same. 94841927 is the uh, telephone number or gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Let's talk a little bit more about lawns. Yes, Bill from Gijigana has rung in and said in, in regard to lawn being cut too low, this is a good time to help because it helps moving forward. Sometimes you have to be cruel to be kind. And that's mm. exactly right, Bill. The lady said that she'd uh, applied weed and feed, so they would have had a lot of growth. Now, I'm mowing my lawn weekly at the moment. It keeps it in check. Mm -hmm. If I left it three weeks... The, you get a lot of growth on the top and then you find that unless you change your blades, you're cutting down into um, lower growth and mm. it will leave bare patches. So more regular mowing or less love on the lawn. But now is certainly a good time to put a little bit of lawn blend on it, making sure not to smother it but to even it up so that the next time the lawns are mowed, mm -hmm. it's it's far more even. It's a level it's, playing field. Exactly. And that can be one of the factors. The other thing is now is a great time to add a wetting agent and fertiliser to the lawn. 
And you should only be watering twice a week. I was going to as say, per guidelines. She said three times a week, and I was going to say mm. to you, what is ideal? Twice a week only? Well, you know, you you really have to look at your lawn. Mm. It's it's going to vary. Now, Chris, I have a lawn that has not been watered this year. Now that really that is quite interesting as compared to Tell another us why. lawn. Well, it. <laughs> It was developed on a bare patch of ground, which was um, the site of a bonfire pile mm-hmm. for the last 20 years. All that carbon. And we needed to have a wedding, an area that was big enough. So I just I had it all flattened with a machine. And the lawn that was there, probably because I dumped lawn on there over years, it just started growing, Chris. And that lawn, it, it's gone a little bit off with the warm weather. It's still green and it hasn't been mowed. Isn't so it's, the key is the preparation. Yeah, I think that's what I'm learning all the time. It's all about preparation. Mm. There's no point just putting a surface layer on. It's what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And you're benefiting from that right now. Should we talk to our first guest? We should. I think we certainly should. Uh, so introducing to you, ladies and gentlemen, Vivian Etter to Let's Talk Gardening. Good morning, Vivian. You're talking to Faye. Oh, good morning, Faye. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Vivian? I'm good, thanks, Faye. How are you? I'm very good. All right, can you speak up a bit? It's coming through very faint. <clears throat> okay, how's that? Still, is it all right for you, Chris? Yeah, it's good for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's yeah. very quiet I'm for me. Over. I've just turned that up, so I'll try and talk as loud as I can. You're, okay. doing, you're doing fine, Vivian. Oh, and what a season we are having for roses. Is it just us or is it right across the board? I think it's right across the board. It's such a beautiful spring, not too hot. And we've had, you know, quite reasonable cool weather all the way through. And, like, I don't know about everybody else, but my place is an absolute picture. And I'm sure it is just beautiful everywhere with roses. Oh, very good. I bet your nursery looks fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, yes. So we've got you here today to talk about the National Rose uh, Society Australian Championships. So what's happening with them? Okay, so every um, every year there's a National Rose Society show, uh, championship and like conference. And um, so all states that belong to the National Association uh, take it in turns. Um, so it's our turn this year in Western Australia. And um, yeah, so we have uh, delegates and uh, rosarians from all states of Australia, I believe, and um, we'll be holding the, the show and the conference. The show itself at the South Perth uh, Civic Centre on Saturday afternoon and all day Sunday. And um, along with all the beautiful roses that are there to see, there'll be some excellent um, guest speakers, um, floral displays, um, the Floral Art Society Championship will be putting up um, their championship roses, or uh, championship um, designs. And um, there'll be some rose bushes available for purchase from Dawson's, morning and afternoon teas, lots of expert um, advice, um, absolutely free, just a $5 entry ticket. (laughs) Oh, it sounds fantastic. And I see also here on my fly, Tiffany Forster uh, will be an artist in residence painting live and selling her artwork. Well, that's a nice touch. That, that'll be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so that, we're looking forward to seeing what she produces there. And and then we have some great um, guest speakers on um, WA's Historical Gardens. 
good oh, John Visker. John Visker, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Richard Court, AC, is going to talk about discovering Japanese gardens. And that's on the Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday, we'll have Grant Fournette talking about the incredible world of fungi. Oh, he's very knowledgeable. Mm. I'm sure, yeah. And then Denise Shelbourne, who's the president of the Floral Art Society, will be um, doing some floral art, the art of simplicity. And so those last two are on the Sunday. There is a fee, um, $8 uh, fee, to cover the cost of those um, those talks. But okay. otherwise, yeah. So yes. that's what else can I tell you? Saturday from 1 to 5 and Sunday the 22nd from 10 to yep. 4 and that's the and South Perth Community Centre corner of South Terrace and Sandgate Street. That's so, correct in South Perth, yes. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Now there'll obviously be lots and lots of blooms. What should people be doing with them now, Vivian? They, they'd probably have their first flush of roses for the season, yeah. I'm guessing. okay. Yes, I would think so. So the thing to do now is enjoy them. Mm. <laughs> and then once the flower heads have finished, um, it's a good idea to just tidy them up, cut cut off the dead heads. And um, if they haven't had any fertiliser recent times, they could add a little bit of fertiliser just to boost for the for the second flush, well, the second, the second stream of flowers really, um, which is usually early summer. And, um, yeah, just keep the water up if they can, like some, some deep watering uh, by hand is really beneficial to keep the roses looking great. So now morning or night time? Oh, look, it's probably better in the morning, but if you have to rush to work and you can only do it at night, then just do it at night time. As long as they get good deep watering a few times a week um, for existing roses, then they will, they will keep on flourishing and being beautiful. They're very hardy, aren't they? They are extremely, yes. Vivian, when you say um, a few times a week, define mm, that. Yeah. Every second day? Define that. I would say every second day for established roses. Um, yeah, so deep watering. Like we say the equivalent of a household bucket of water. It's 10 litres. Um, it sounds like a lot, but if you stand with the hose and direct the water down to the roots, um, it takes you know less than a minute, half a you know half a minute to fill a bucket of water. And if the if the roses are getting nice deep watering, then the roots will flourish really well, and the rose they will support the rose, and the rose will do really well. And then of course, um, you know, you're only allowed to water twice a week uh, now, so you have to alternate it with the deep hand watering if you can. Mm, yes, good, good point. Excellent what about uh, spritzing the roses all over the bush? Ah, oh, that doesn't hurt. It seriously doesn't hurt. It just freshens them up. You don't really want the um, the leaves to be wet overnight. No. Um, because that will encourage black spot. But um, if you just give them a nice freshen up, it, that's no problems at all. I mean, I put my sprinklers on and um, the, the leaves will get wet and the roses love it. So in recent times, people have been hammered with the chilli thrips. Um, hmm. What... Do you have a, a magic bullet for them or just simply well, watering over the leaves? No, 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 that's not going to do it. I mean, that helps, okay, but people should not be spraying or dealing with chilli strip now because it will not emerge until the heat of summer. Mm -hmm. So if you're spraying for chilli strip now, you're wasting um, chemicals, you're poisoning the environment, yep. and you should stop. <laughs> so, yes. Good advice. My, uh, yeah, my advice to people is to strengthen your roses by using some good organic matter 
um, using uh, something, I'm not going to give any names off, but um, something like a, 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 that's going to improve the soil bacteria. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're the kind of things that you should um, encourage your rows by, by helping them to become stronger so they become more resistant to the chili strip. And I, I do really believe that the roses will, will hopefully get used to it. Um, and people ought to sort of stop getting so frantic about it. I've seen some roses that have been so oversprayed that they're almost um, dying because they're just being poisoned so mm. much. And it, that's not helping the roses, not helping the garden. It's not helping anything. And um, so much better strengthen your roses at the correct time, which was which will be in the summertime, January. There are a number of products that can be used, but they need to be used every 10 to 14 days only three times, like you do it every 10 to 14 days, alternate the, the, the chemicals if you are going to use chemicals and and do not cut your roses back hard in the summertime because that's what's killing people's roses. Mm. People come to me and say, my roses died from the chili thrip. And I say, well, I have not lost a single rose from chili thrip because I don't cut them back in the middle of summer. And um, it is just the, the worst thing that can be done. So just trim them, spray three times with the correct um, sprays and then cut off the affected foliage and then you can see when the new foliage and flowers come through that you'll probably be clean of chili thrip. Mm-hmm. And another thing that we could also keep in mind is that the, the, the flowers now, the roses now are beautiful. They're quite beautiful in the early summer. Summer roses are always small, faded and not very good. And that's when chili thrip affects them. So if we kind of go like, okay, summer roses, they're not very good anyway, we'll just kind of sacrifice them a little bit, clean them up, get them healthy again, and the the, the autumn flowers will be absolutely beautiful again. Mm. Now, so, I, mm-hmm. oh, I was just going to ask how how many days it takes to produce a bloom? Like what have people mm-hmm. done leading up to this show to get yeah. their plants to bloom Okay. For now, um, how many days? <laughs> well, it's it's a matter of pruning at the right time. Mm. So, um, so people who are really like there are some of our members who show a lot of roses, and they um, keep a diary of when they cut back and how long it's going to take. But it, from pruning to flowers, so if you prune in at end of July, August, September, we'll have flowers about two and a half months later. Um, so you, it's, a, it's a little bit hit and miss. I mean, my garden is spectacular today, this weekend. Probably won't be as great next weekend, but I'll still have some flowers. And, um, yeah, it's just a matter of timing from your pruning to when you get the flowers in October. But we can just about assume that we will have beautiful flowers in the second week in October in Perth. Okay. Second week in October, maybe the third week. And um, you can kind of gauge it that that's when they're going to be blooming well. So the, the, the spring flower, the spring rose show is always held around about this time in October. Mm-hmm. And then if people want to have flowers for a special occasion. Like Christmas. Um, now on, yeah, for Christmas um, or a wedding or whatever. So you cut the dead heads off six weeks before you need them, the yes. next lot of flowers. Yep. Six weeks. And, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's and the magic. Cutting, yeah, and not just cutting the the, hit, the blooms off. You're cutting the stems um, down the stem a little, as if you were cutting the dead heads, as if they were roses that you're cutting to put in a vase. So that's a, quite a good gauge of the length that you need to take off. 
Yeah, yeah. In my head, I sort of always say the second set of five leaves, which is yes, similar. Which is, yeah, it's which is similar. Um, I, I don't kind of look. I just kind of look where there's a, there's, there's some leaves and that's where I cut. Um, but yeah, it, it's not a hundred percent important. As long as you give the rose, you stimulate the rose by cutting down the stem, not just cutting the flower head off. Okay. Because, yeah, if, if all you do is cut the flower head off, you only get little spindly new shoots and you won't get a decent flower stem. Oh, wonderful yeah. advice, Vivian. Thank oh, you. No uh, My pleasure, yeah. Anything else I can help you with? <laughs> so the National Championship and the conference is next uh, Saturday and Sunday at the South yeah. Perth Community Centre, corner of South yeah. Terrace and Sandgate Street. Yes, that's correct. And if anybody um, needs to know any more, I think that Roseanne Van Bohemian was leaving her number with you guys. Yep. Or, and or, well, we do have, have the number, but we can also refer people to the Rose Society website. Absolutely, mm. yes, to the website. All the details will be there. And, yeah, and there's a number of um, interesting uh, garden visits in the following week oh. uh, to Government House and to Parliament House. And, um, yeah, if people are really interested in roses, I think that they could possibly put their names down to to visit those those um, beautiful places. Sounds like oh, a blooming wonderful. good event to me. <laughs> oh. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, thank you so you much. You have a great time, Vivian. Thank, thank you, you for much. all your advice too, Vivian. Just wonderful, oh, wonderful information. Great. Thank you. Bye. 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 It's now uh, 20 minutes to nine. Uh, Kay in Port Kennedy, you've been very patient. Can you wait a couple of minutes and we'll be right with you to talk about hibiscus. And we're talking uh, gardening till 10 o'clock, as I promised. Kay, you're next in line. Thank you so much for being patient. How can we help? Hi, Faye. Hi, Hi Faye. How are you? Oh, good, thanks. Well, I've got Chris here today filling in for Ray. Morning. I know, I know. <laughs> and it looked like it was a lovely day at your place and it was your birthday as well, was it? Well, I had my birthday the week before and I turned 60. And oh, lovely. Uh, well, that's okay because I'm in my 60s. Oh, very good. So yes, we sisters had a, in their sixties. We had a high tea um, event in the garden last Sunday afternoon. The whole gardening team got together and did a cook up. Um, we Lovely. we put on food and drinks and nice. a raffle with trees donated by bigger trees, and it sounds like everyone had a good time. We've got a couple of emails in to read out as well um people saying they enjoyed it and thank you very oh, much lovely well yeah. that, that was good that was good anyway i rang about a hibiscus okay. and i don't know whether i can do anything with it it's just that it's growing quite big not too big but it's growing up to the sprinklers up to the sprinkler head and it's got lots of flowers and i'm trying to avoid it getting any higher to the sprinkler because it's uh Stopping the water, the uh, yes. water to um, at the corner of my grass, and it's starting to die. And I'm thinking, if I cut the cut them off, yes. the tree's going to die. Can I cut them off, or have to leave it now because no, of no. the flowers? No, no. Cut it back by a third k. Give it okay. a feed that will solve two problems. Now is the time to cut hibiscus if you haven't already. Now is yes. the time to feed them. You will get nice new growth. You'll get a bushy bush. And you'll get bigger flowers. Okay. You will also uh, fix your sprinkler problem. And that's a really good tip for anyone else. Get out in your garden, have a look, check your sprinklers, making sure that there's nothing in the way impeding what the sprinkler's meant to do. Yeah. So 
now's a fantastic time for trimming up things, particularly uh, plants that were winter flowering and are coming to the end of their flowering cycle. Get on, give them a light trim or a, a hard cutback and you will be rewarded with more bushy growth and more flowers next time. And what do you feed them, please? Well, I use a slow-release fertiliser. I buy a big bucket and I put that right across my garden, um, even oh. on some of my natives that aren't phosphorus sensitive. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Oh, I know you can't give any brands, but is it is it in a bottle or in a in a in a in a tub or? It's in a. Oh, it's probably a more than a ten liter green bucket, uh, and it's a slow release fertilizer. I think it's a landscape blend. So, okay. I, I put it in pots. Um, if you do that, even if you don't do any other fertilising, your your garden will look green and healthy and lush like mine. Oh, lovely. And <laughs> just quickly listen to that lady for the roses. Oh, can you manure them again now? I've only manured them when I cut mine. What did you, what manure, sheep or cow? No, no it was um, the little, the pebbles, the dim, dimanic lifter. Oh, don't do that now. Okay, it'll it'll bring in the flies. The flies are already hatching and they're out and about. But oh, okay. It it will stink too much because the time is dry. What I would recommend you do, and yep. I had fantastic results with my roses, as you've probably seen by the photos. I got a dibbler, and with that landscape formula, I put four holes around my roses, and I put a very generous amount, like at least two tablespoons of the the controlled release fertilizer down each hole and covered it up oh okay and, okay and, and that will last you for many many weeks okay all right it's just that they, they are flowering and i cut them at the end of august and i thought oh i wonder if you should do a bit more manure but i only put the dynamic lifter but i won't put that on but what you were just saying then sounds pretty good and yep. i think i'll do that and you can do your whole garden you can do your hibiscus your roses everything and if you buy a big bucket it's there when you need it do all your pots yeah all right well i don't i don't have any pots i used to like pots but i'm not big into pots now so i just (laughs) like things in the ground because i have a bore yes and i just think if i can get it to go well with the bore and the water uh, um, i don't have to water them um as much because they got forgotten to get watered and they just died and i wasted my money and i'm thinking i can't do this Kay. um that's a good lesson Kay. good lesson i'm sure there are many of us out there that could take a leaf out of your book <laughs> it's a bit hard when you don't work anymore and 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 you've got to be careful because the shopping and everything is so dear and you just can't afford to throw your money down the drain. Well, you can't. No, that's exactly no. right. You've got to get smarter. Kay the Economist. Well, look, lovely to hear from you, Faye, and the, and the, and the man as well. <laughs> and, and you keep up the good work and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep listening. Thanks, Kay. Lovely to Thanks, hear from Faye. you. Bye. The Bye. lovely Kay from Port Kennedy. Uh, talking to Faye, of course, on the program this morning, which is all about gardening till 10 o'clock. Now, uh, as you probably know, this program is pod- podcast. In other words, if you can't hear it all or you want to hear it again, easiest thing to do is to go to our website, curtainfm.com.au. Look across the top of the page. You'll see programs. Click on that tab. It drops down and you'll see Let's Talk Gardening. And you can listen to this episode and many other previous episodes 
for absolute legions of information and good advice on how to look after your garden. And as the day like today is going to be just perfect for gardening, and as we are changing seasons from spring into summer, you will find masses of information for your benefit. Now, it's about quiz time, I think, uh, Faye, before we talk about our next guest coming up in the second hour or our next callers. So let's uh, get down to giving away something from bigger, from bigger Trees, from Dear Carry Out at Bigger Trees, a $75 gift voucher. Nothing unusual there. We do this every week. Now, Bigger Trees, you probably know, is WA's leading frangy supplier and also specialising in ornamental and fruit trees. Mm, I wonder if they've got any pawpaws. Mm, I'll check every on that chance. One. Yeah, and given this time of the year, of course, there's a huge selection of ornamentals and fruit trees, and they are in magnificent abundance. Bigger Trees has a huge range of plants at one of their nicest uh, nurseries in Perth, with exciting new stock arriving every week. Gosh, I wonder what's arrived this week, including those uh, harder to find trees and plants. Delivering throughout the metro area, you can learn more about Bigger Trees by going to Bigger Trees, B I G A T R E S dot com dot au for great online options and also check out their facebook page too for updates and treat yourself to a stroll sometime through bigger trees nursery soon so here is the question for you today to win the 75 dollar gift voucher from bigger trees do you know the song by roger miller Faye, called dang me Dang me, that you ought to take a rope and hang me. Yes, I'm from the highest tree. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Ray doesn't like that song. I often get her to play <laughs> songs that yeah. John has uh, referred to from the quizzes. <laughs> I ought to try and find that one too. Well, the question for you, ladies and gentlemen, and you've got to be a Curtain Club member to enter the competition this morning. We would prefer that if you've been winning in the last 28 days, you step aside and let others have a chance to win this voucher from Bigger Trees. The question is, in the song, Dan, me. Roger Miller sings, roses are red, violets are... what colour? Roses are red, violets are... what colour? 94841927. Curtain Radio. Guess what, Faye? <laughs> we have a winner. We have a winner already, which is wonderful. So let's um, give our heartiest congratulations to Leslie and Wollaston. The question that we posed this morning for the $75 Bigger Trees voucher this morning, of which you, Leslie, are the lucky winner, was simple. Dang me, the song by Roger Miller says or sings, roses are red, violets are purple. And uh, sugar's sweet, and so is maple syrple, which is, must be something from the southern <laughs> states of the United States. Instead of syrup, they have syrple. And that's it. So well done, Leslie. Lovely to have your company this morning. And we will be giving away another voucher to the um, Green Leaf Soil Company in the second hour of the Green program. Green Life Soil Company. Green Life Soil Company. Mm. Did business with them recently. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. Can I also, um, as we have time at um, seven minutes to nine already, our, our guest in the second hour. We have Rosalie McCauley from Deep Herd, Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. And she is talking all about the biosecurity blitz, which is starting off uh, in the next couple of days. And it's where you download the app on your phone and you send a pest report through to the department mm -hmm. and they will tell you what your, your pest or your insect is. And it takes a snapshot of what what is around. Um, I actually run an insect group on Facebook and it's interesting that we see the same sorts of insects pop up at the same time. 
every year right across the board. Yeah. And at the moment, we're seeing a lot of native bees hatching out. Mm-hmm. The wasps are starting. You'll often see them at, at water if you've got bird baths around your place. Uh, and many good good ones. Butterflies are coming out. And bibio flies. So lots of wonderful insects are emerging. And, of course, the birds are going nuts because they? they're the the insects are often a food source for the birds and reptiles. And, you know, we had something on our roses. I don't know what they were, but you know what sorted the problem? Ladybirds. Yes, yes. They munched and crunched and grew and they moved on to another plant now. They're doing wonderful work. Oh, absolutely, Chris. And how did you like the smile on John's face when he came in on the break with delight to point (laughs) out that I most certainly didn't dibble my roses with a dibbler. Um, And he's got these two gorgeous photos. One is a little marsupial dibbler and the other is a wooden dibber. You know what John is? He's a dobber. (laughs) All about dibbers and dobbers. Okay, now, uh, Faye, we've talked about the the second hour of the program. I want to go back to talk about Kay's comments. Yes, she was talking about economy Mm. in the garden. Mm. And, you know... Chris, I told you earlier this morning that I had to make myself a rule that uh, Faye is not allowed to go shopping until she's planted what she's got. Mm. And I actually went and bought three more kangaroo paws this week and three scavolas and planted them in my native garden along with a grevillea that I have been watering only just. Uh, And I'd bought that grevillea like four, maybe five months ago with intentions of putting it in another place. I sat it there and I kind of went, no, I don't think you're going to be happy there. So finally that grevillea was planted in the ground. But it would have been a lot happier if I'd done it a few months ago. Mm -hmm. It would have settled in beautifully. So, yeah, there's a lesson there. Deal with what you've got before you go and buy more. Also, other lessons that I thought it might be timely to Mm -hmm. part with are when you're getting jobs in the garden, well, it's only 10 weeks to Christmas, exactly. so you might be Shattering. wanting to get things ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you need jobs done, get three quotes. So maybe ask friends or relatives for recommendations. But the reason you get three quotes is sometimes someone might not really want to do the job, so they'll put a very high price on it. You can save yourself hundreds or thousands. You don't necessarily have to go with the cheaper one. But it does give you an idea of what might be a fair price. Mm, three. That's three, three quotes. That's what I, I tend to do. Mm-hmm. And then I um, go with people that I've used over time or try new ones if I'm not happy with their work. Yes. Um, so, and the other thing is please, please be very careful when you are parting out money before a job is completed. I know a lot of businesses have been doing it tough. Things have changed. Prices have gone up a lot. You should get your quotes in writing. You should understand what the scope of the job is. It should be very clear. It might be okay to pay a deposit, but you should not be paying the balance of that invoice until the job is completed. To your satisfaction. To yeah, to to an agreed yep. standard. Yep, because it was mm. specified in the first place, quoted for, and until it is completely yes. delivered. Communication is yep. the key 
um, yes, get recommendations, ask around. You know, Facebook is a great place to ask mm. because it is a community. There are many gardening groups, some small and some large, but people people work together yep. and um, help each other out. So 20 on deposit, 40 at the start of the job, 40 on completion on, on of I your... I don't know what the rules rules are. Well, I, I know businesses up, have we... to be very careful mm. because not all clients will pay. And I know in the past we've been victim of that where someone clearly has no intention of paying mm. and you know as a business you can be a long way out of pocket um well yes of so course. yeah just you need the security if you're the supplier yes but on the other hand you don't want to pay for the job uh unless you're absolutely sure that there's the job a, is done a reasonable amount of trust involved yeah um and that's why we go with recommendations asking around and being sure and being comfortable with the person that's doing the job. Talking as we were earlier to Vivian, it brought to mind, and you mentioned this point just now, completely change of topic, um, kangaroo paws. Outside our kitchen down below, last year uh, my partner put some in and I thought, oh, not sure that they're going to work well. They have. Mm. Deadheaded them uh, at the end of the season last year. This year they've come back bigger, brighter and bolder than ever. Absolutely glorious reward. Well, absolutely. And and I've got a, a range of different kangaroo paws. I planted some out on the verge in 2007. And each year they get cut down and they come again. They get virtually no water. They've really established very well. After a period of years, they will actually do better to be divided mm -hmm. and put into new soil and to go, to go on with their, their next life. They can get too crowded. Or um, they clump up. They do clump up. And if you, you know, because the clumps get very big, it, it's hard work mm. to get down and clean out the middle. Mm -hmm. So periodically Break you need them. to do that. Either go down with seconders, cut out all the dead in the centre, open it all up and or divide. Super. More good advice. Now, uh, Peter from Redcliffe wants to talk about quotes, but we're running close to the news right now. So, Peter, don't go away. We'll have a, a word with you right after the news. Remember, our guest in the second hour is Dr. Rosalie McCauley. We've got a $75 gift voucher to give away. Uh, also, and your calls too on 94841927. And if you can't call, if you want to go out and um, place your um, yes or no on the referendum, then send us an email because you can listen in the car. Send it to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. It's nine o'clock. No surprises in the forecast. A sunny day ahead of us, and it is blue skies from one horizon to the other, east to west, and also north to south, of course. Winds are prevailing today, uh, mostly from the east during the morning, 15 to 25 kilometres per hour, shifting south-southwesterly in the early afternoon, and then tending back to the southeast at 15 to 20 k's, a lovely sea breeze in the evening. The fire danger is moderate today. We must point out at this time that the UV index today is set at 9, which is very high, and that's from 8.30 this morning until, and so it's active now, till half past 3 this afternoon. Currently, the temperature in Perth is approaching 22 degrees. 
if we hit the estimated maximum, 32 on the cards for today and sunny all day long and into tomorrow. 33 degrees on Sunday, 36 on Monday and then for the working week running right through till Friday, an estimated max of 28 each day with um, mostly sunny and partly cloudy days. But for today, 32 the estimated max and it is guaranteed to be sunny. He said, why didn't that happen? Oh, that's interesting. We're getting all sorts of different IDs. Anyway, you and I are back. I don't have to worry about technology. Let's go straight over and talk to Peter from Redcliffe, who has been waiting throughout the news. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, good morning. Um, just talking about quotes for jobs done, is it better to get a quote by the hour or a set price for the whole job? Mm, I Yes, I know. Uh, it Well, in the case of... Actually, I, I don't know, Peter, but what I've experienced where I've been given an hourly rate, it helps if you've got an idea of how long a job will take. For example, I know how long it takes me to do my gutters, so I mm-hmm. kind of work out what I'm prepared to pay someone an hourly rate. Um, yeah. But you but don't know... The overall quote I had was for Digger Pond. Yes. Uh, the overall quote I had was exorbitant. It worked out to 100 and something an hour. The guy that's quoting me by the hour is only quoting me $70 an hour. Now, if he's going to take six hours, it's not it's not worthwhile. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, depends on, it depends on the equipment they've got too. Um, I would actually quiz them a bit more and, and ask how long they they think it's going to take. Um, the the difficulty is, I mean, they've got to make their their price to cover their business costs. Of course. But they may get into a situation where they come up against something unexpected. You know, there might be a large root or a tree stump. There could be rock underground. Uh, I wouldn't expect that they'd come across any um, electrical because that's something that could be checked out ahead of time. No, um, and this would be handing too. This isn't machinery. This is for handing. It's not terribly big. Mm. Um, it's uh, So I've already got one pond there. I need another one. Um, so they're not terribly big, the hydroponic ponds. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I don't think there's any rocks or anything because there's already one there. So I mm. think it's just basically, um, you know, light labour, basically. But uh, I was a bit concerned about the guy that wanted to charge me by the hour. Although he sounds cheap... Um, you know, what if he's going to string it out, yeah, if you exactly. like, for four or five hours? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had that uh, that thought very recently yeah. too. Yeah, um, which is why it's good to go with recommendations. Mm. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because you want to go with somebody that you know can do the job and do it to your expectations and to the specifications that you want, not somebody who's just going to say, yeah, I can do the job, and then they don't complete it uh, properly and um, if they even completed it all, and you are left with something that uh, you're going to have to pay a lot of money to rectify in the long run. Well, did he give you an idea of how long he thought it might take to dig? Um, probably all up with putting the liner in and everything else and putting the rocks around the outside. He said between four and six hours. Okay. Yeah, um, and and that sounds quite reasonable. I would imagine if, if we were doing a project like that in our home garden... Um, it, it could certainly take that long, and if it yes. if it was done in a day, I'd I'd be pretty happy. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I just think, yeah, get it, get it done, and um, having a look at nice before the festive season. Mm, absolutely. Also, I really have to thank you. I asked, I asked you about six months ago about a pride of Madeira that had never flowered. Yes. And you asked me to move it into the sun, and you asked me to give it a really good feed. I've now got six foot tall spikes on it. Oh wow! Oh, isn't six that foot. Wow. Six foot tall, and they're beautiful. Well, um, yeah. They okay, they do do that. I was given a white one and I planted it. the The first year um, it flowered, and I think it flowered the second year as well. Then it put out three different. Um, it looked like three different plants that all flowered, mm-hmm. and then the whole thing died down. And I've now got babies coming up. Well, so. I couldn't believe it how. It- Beautiful and the bees are just so attractive. Oh to it. yes, it's really lovely. But um, yeah, three years I've waited for it to flower, and you you basically told me to be a bit brutal with it and move it into the sun, give it a bit of a, a haircut, and um, give it a really good feed, which I did. And now I've got these six foot tall spikes. Oh. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at the window now. There's about eight. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Yeah. Now go in and have a look at the pattern. The way the the flowers form in a spiral up the stem, mm. it is amazing. Close up, yeah. I was having, a, I took some photos because I've got ladybirds on there. Believe it or not, yeah, love them, <laughs> love them. Well, I introduced the ladybirds. I bought some. Um, yeah. I bought some eggs from a um, a lady that sells ladybird eggs to get rid of the aphids on my next door neighbour's roses, and um, they've moved on to yep. the Pride of Madeira. Magnificent oh, mini beasts. Oh, your garden sounds lovely, Peter, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy your new pond. Well, I am. I, was, I live in a tiny, tiny little unit. It's only six foot square, my front garden. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I work with a lot, but the back is where I'm going to put the new pond because I grow edible um, edible plants, edible water plants. Peter, oh, which ones? I've got everything out there you can think of. There's Vietnamese mint, there's a, a samphire. They all grow in water. Um, there's a... Uh, memory, they call it memory. Brahmi. Yep. Um, it's all just, yeah. And they all grow in the pond. And, uh, yeah, so. Peter, oh, Peter, before okay. we let you go, have you thought of contacting the local men's shed about the pond? Maybe they could do it for you. Oh, that would be lovely. You should find out where your local men's shed is. Give them a call because they'll be on Facebook or they'll be, uh, you'll be able to find them through the internet and see if they would do the job for you economically and satisfactorily. Yeah, as I said, it would be lovely just to, as I said, it's not a, a pond for fish or anything, it's to grow my edibles in. Oh, there you are. Give them a shot. So, it would be lovely. Okay, thanks for that advice. I really appreciate your help. You're welcome, Peter. Have a lovely weekend and Thank thanks you. for your call. Um, right, we have uh, 13 minutes past nine. Are we ready for our second guest, do you think? Yes, I, I think, think so. we should be. Okay, we'll come back to talk about things in the garden and take your calls. Please don't leave it to the last moment because we always get a bank up at the end of the program. So please, 94841927, in about 10 minutes from now, I'll remind you. And uh, we'll talk now to our guest and then we'll take your calls. Uh, we're looking forward to talking now to Dr. Rosalie McCauley. Good morning, Rosalie. Good morning. How are you? Very Good. well. You're talking to Faye on uh, Let's Talk Gardening here on Curtain FM. Now, Rosalie, you're our delegate from Deep Herd today to talk about the upcoming biosecurity blitz. Yes, correct. And, you know, as we discussed, Faye, there's no way that I can replace Daryl Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, we all know and love Daryl, but I haven't got his breadth of knowledge. But I can definitely tell you about the biosecurity blitz because it's been running since 2015. Um, every year we ask everyone to get outside, look in your plants for um, insects and signs and symptoms of diseases and use our My Pest Guide Reporter app to take up to four photos and send those to us. And we, um, we have two triage officers looking at those photos and they will identify what is there and send you a message back in the app. Or if they're not sure, they pass those photos on to one of our subject matter experts and they have a look and they'll identify whatever it is and send the response back to you. And so it sounds like um, sort of quite a trivial exercise, but what it is, it's us working with everyone to, to get more reports coming in of what's going on in people's backyards, and that enables us to um, fill in the gaps pretty much of our Western Australia-wide surveillance effort. And, you know, every year it's a, it's a raging success, and we're hoping that this year it'll be another raging success. I'm I'm sure it will. I think it's a, a fantastic idea. I mean, it's a great project for kids as well. You know, who doesn't have access now to a smartphone, something that we haven't always had available. But the smartphones now are so good at taking nice, clear photos that the guys in the triage team and ladies are able to give uh, a, an identification and yes. tell us more about them. You must have come across some interesting uh, discoveries over the years, Rosalie. Oh, we have, you know, and you know, this this wasn't obviously an insect or a disease, but one of the most interesting reports I ever saw was a deer running along a fence at on the road to Lancelin. And <laughs> I mean, we just looked at that and thought, really? Um, yeah. So we do get some interesting reports in and. So I think most importantly for us and for so people listening can understand is that we will never judge you on what you send us in. We don't mind if you send us photos of things like ladybirds or green vegetable bugs because those reports help us know that you've looked hard enough in your garden and you've seen something and if there was an exotic pest there, you would have seen it as well. Mm-hmm. And and a perfect example of this is one of the priority pests for this year's blitz is the brown marmorated stink bug. Yes. And these these are bugs, and they're pretty much everywhere in the world, but apart from here. And in the northern um, hemisphere, at the moment, as it's cooling off, those bugs, they like to hide in things. So they all hunker down in something, and that something might end up on a boat and end up in Perth. And it could end up in your living room when you open up your parcel from Europe and surprise, there might be a stink bug there. Mm. And we don't want brown marmorated stink bugs. And they look really like our native stink bugs. And they look so much like our native stink bugs. So many times I've been at garden festivals or other um, engagement um, activities and people have come up to me and said, see that bug there? I've seen it. It's in my garden. Oh, yes. And they're convinced of it. And, you know, I'm always standing thinking, well, I hope it isn't that one. I'm really hoping it's actually a gum tree stink bug or yes. an acacia stink bug, one of those. But please just send us in a report of them and then we will be able to tell you. 
because brown line by the stink positive, I think we've eradicated them twice from Western Australia already, and they just keep coming. Mm. All of these pests just keep coming, and you know we need the public to help us identify them early, report to us, and then we'll you know if if for example someone takes a photo of what we think is an exotic pest, I mean we'll be there very quickly to get a sample, try and find it, or just to see what it is, send someone out to have a proper look. Whereas if you send us reports of things that, you know, we know we've got already, we might take a bit longer to get back to you. But we will get back to you. It just will take a bit longer. We prioritise. So how do people sign up for this? Okay. We get on the internet, Google, I shouldn't say Google, search for Biosecurity Blitz 2023 and there'll be a registration link there. Click on the registration link, register. Um, and once you're registered, you'll you'll be in the lovely position of we will send you reminders to report and we'll also send you weekly emails about what has been reported, what the priority pest for the week is, and also access to special activities. And so uh, the activities are important because you mentioned that this is a really good thing for kids to do. So we've prepared a few activities where parents can go out with their with their kids and say, okay, today we're looking for chewing insects in our backyard. What can we find? And if you can find examples of things that are chewed and send those photos to us, we may be able to identify them. Ditto with um, if you go into your backyard and you find signs and symptoms of disease, that's another activity because, you know, how often do you go in your backyard and think, what is that? What is causing that messy looking thing on my mango, on my banana? Why do my tomatoes look like that? With nice, clear photos, we may be able to identify them and help you. And I mentioned banana and mangoes because another couple of priority pests this year are banana freckle and also mango malformation disease. So they're things that people that could, you know, let's hope they're not, but it could be on someone's banana plant in their backyard. And the sooner we find it and do something about it, we can eradicate it and just totally minimise the risk of it causing our commercial banana growers harm. And also other people have got bananas in their backyard because guess what? A lot of people have them now because the climate is changing so much. Well, and of course, you guys do a, a great job. We don't realise how lucky we are here in Western Australia, um, being protected by, surrounded by by ocean and desert, uh, but keeping those borders free from disease. We we are very lucky. And to all the gardeners out there, it is a reminder too. If you are shopping on the internet, to be very careful about bringing in seeds or plant material from other states and other countries because we are free from many, many pests and diseases here. Mm-hmm. Yes, Faith, thank you very much for that reminder because, um, you know, when... Because I must say I'm a very um, rabid shopper on the internet, particularly for seeds, because, you know, I like growing different types of tomatoes, different types of capsicums and whatnot. And unfortunately, some of the people selling those might know about our quarantine requirements. Mm-hmm. So you just need to be really careful. Um, as guess an example of this a couple of years ago, my son decided that I needed some pineapple plants. So he sent me a couple of pineapple plants 
for my birthday. And they came from a red imported fire ant area. Oh, no. Yeah, I know it was fine because when I got the package, I thought, oh, what's this extra piece of paper? And so the extra piece of paper was that they were certified that they'd come from a red imported fire ant area, but they were certified to be free of red imported fire ant. And that's really what you want to see. Um, and I thought, oh, it's okay then, because it'd be really embarrassing if my son had sent, who sent me, who works in the Department of Agriculture, something from a red imported fire ant area, and I did nothing about it. Oh, yep. But you educated him well, Rosalie. You educated your son very well. <laughs> I brought him up well, don't you, you worry. Uh, we have to take a short break. Please don't leave us. Stay where you are right now, and we'll be back well, in a couple of yep, minutes. No, we're, we're done. So we that's, are? Yep, that's okay, great. Before great we let you go then, uh, Rosalie, please tell us once again how we as individuals, some people would have uh, called, tuned into this particular conversation as you've been talking to Faye, how do we get involved with the biosecurity blitz? Okay, it's really easy. Jump online, um, search for Biosecurity Blitz 2023, click on the registration link, register, and from then on, um, every from the 16th of October to the 16th of November, get out into your backyard and look for signs and symptoms of disease or any insects that you've never seen before or you're curious about what they are. Take up to four photos of those using My Pest Guide Reporter app Send them to us and we'll do the rest. Fantastic. <laughs> Sit that back and wonderful. wait for all my photos, Rosalie. <laughs> I'm looking forward to them, Faye. Thank you. Well, it's a, right. one, a wonderfully unique environment and we've got to look after it. I mean, I came back in through the airport the other night. I don't think many people hear the announcement that says, if you're bringing any fruit or seeds, please deposit them in the bins provided. I think most people just don't hear it and we just don't know the damage that this can do or... Too late do we realise the damage these things can do if we don't look after the environment we live in. Thank you. Correct. All right. Behind you on that one. Thank you, Dr. Rosalie McCauley. Been a pleasure to have you you on the programme. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. 24 minutes past nine. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Faye and Chris Bartlett here, sitting in this morning, because Ray's having the weekend off, probably enjoying her garden. And why not? It's 26 minutes past nine. What a gorgeous day it is. It certainly is. Look at that temperature. Ivan from South Perth has rung in to say he's recently found black ladybirds with yellow spots, Mm -hmm. where he'd previously only seen red with black spots. Well, there are many different ladybirds, and I think there's around 400 in Australia, but the ones that Ivan has seen are Apollonus libidogaster, and they're the yellow-shouldered ladybirds. It looks like this little black ladybird's got yellow shoulder pads on, and they're aphid eaters. Oh, good. So there are quite a few different ones with um, different spots. Some Mm -hmm. don't have spots. Some have patterns. and there's even a there's a mealybug ladybird and the larva look like mealybugs so that they can patrol around. They move much faster than the mealybugs, but they will they are great predators of the mealybug and they're called mealybug destroyer. Mealybug Destroyer. Mm. What a name to have. Goodness me. Curtain FM, it is now 27 minutes past nine, and now is the time to get your calls in because we've passed our guests. We're now with you until 10 o'clock to answer questions you may have about the garden. Now, you may have gone out early to cast your vote in the referendum before it gets too warm, and that's a really good thing to do. But now you're back. 
It's the time to call 94841927 with your gardening questions or email us at gardening.com. Gardening at curtainfm.com.au to get it right and get it through to us. And Faye will give you the benefit of her knowledge and wisdom before 10 o'clock. What have you got there? Well, we have received an email from Elaine and she says, I love your program every week. Always wished I'd taken more notice of my mum's technique. She would like advice on dividing some anthurium. She sent us a lovely photo and they look really healthy. She wants to know, is it okay to divide these at this time while they were flowering? Well, Elaine, it is okay, but it's not best. Like, you're better off to do these after they finish flowering. And that way you won't you won't compromise the flowers. Uh, they are very easy to divide. They like bottom watering and they love humidity. So sitting them on a, a saucer with some pebbles and water in the bottom will help with that. And they also love um, worm castings mm -hmm. and slow-release fertiliser and liquid for flowering and fruiting plants. You could give them half strength poured over the foliage and bright light and they will reward you no end. Now, I know you have a gorgeous garden. We hear a lot about it. What have you introduced this year that, <laughs> that, that you didn't have last year Ooh. that is showing you the reward of being an investment in your garden, Faye? Gosh, Chris. Uh, Where should we begin? Well, I've... I have topped up a lot of plants. Um, of course, you know, November last year we had a wedding there, so mm -hmm. I filled a few gaps. I've added a lot more succulents. A friend gave me her collection because she decided she didn't like them anymore. I've set up a zeriscape garden, and that's What's partly, that? well, basically no water. Ah. And the reason for that is I had a gap. And I had lots of plants in pots once again. And so to reduce my my load on my time, mm. I thought, well, better off that I put them in the ground where they can better fend for themselves and look better. I also like to trial things to work out in our drying climate what will look good and like look amazing with little to no effort. And also, I don't want to add, keep adding more irrigation if I am extending the garden. So I've, I'm putting tougher plants in gaps. So I've added more agaves. Mm -hmm. There's quite a few different ones. I've added uh, Scavola spinescence, which is a bush tucker plant and um, touted as a cancer cure. And I've put that in as a hedge. Uh, we put in a limestone pathway. I love my limestone pathways. I've just added some portulaca seedlings because they survive very well with low water mm -hmm. and they're colourful. And lots more agaves, Chris. Uh, oh, I said agaves. Mm. Lots more aloes. And if you look around the campus here, you'll see lots mm. of different ones. Aren't they? Fantastic. The flowers through winter mm. are amazing, but they're still flowering now. And the birds just love them. Mm. One of the stars in my garden at the present moment is a gymea lily. And that's taken 20 years to flower. Wow. It's about four metres in the air. And it's taken a year to bloom, wow. which is amazing. How long will it bloom for? How long will it last? I I'm not sure. Uh, 
it's been blooming about two to three weeks now and it doesn't seem to be changing. Describe so it. What does it look like? It's <laughs> it's a spiky plant, so mm. very architectural. It's about this wide. So from one, when I put my arms out from fingertips to fingertips, mm. Uh, mm. it's, yeah, spiky looking, but it's actually got soft leaves. The flower stem is about mm, almost as round as a water bottle or a t- t- little bit bigger than a toilet roll in, yep. in, yep. in diameter. And it goes four metres in the air with this cluster of flowers that look like a, a fasciator almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So orangey, pinkish, reddish, and the size of oh, a medicine ball mm. or a soccer ball, you know, that big on this large stem. How so long has this taken to 20, grow to this? 20 years. Because wow. it got put into a part of the garden that never got water. Uh, it never looked like it suffered so I never bothered about watering it much it's just grown all by itself Fantastic. so it, it leads that garden leads to the lawn area that doesn't get much water at all so I'm trialling and experimenting different plants I've also got a bougainvillea in the area that's orangey yellow and that picks up the colour of, of the aloes that are in flower mm. and bromeliads that take full sun Fantastic. 28 minutes to 10 is the time. You, I would imagine that everything in your, in your garden is perfect, but that can't be no. so. Are you running a nursery to sort of oh. rehabilitate or to give um, plants that little bit of extra love and care they need? I have to two get back shade houses and Do a hot you? house. And I filled up my veranda, <laughs> two, two sides of the veranda with plants, which was a challenge last weekend, Chris, when we hosted this high tea mm. and it was a sit-down affair for 40 people. So I had a lot of work to move all of these plants out. I've also got a freestanding patio that's five metres by seven metres and that sometimes gets filled up with plants. I shuffle a lot of plants. Do people bring you a lot of plants and say, I don't want this anymore or can you help me with this they one? They do. And last year uh, and the year before, I was planting the biggest plants I've ever, ever planted. I've been given some cycads that were large and they had to go in the ground. So that was part of how that Zeri Garden, Zeriscape Garden started. Ah. So I've just, I've extended like next to the driveway, the gap between the driveway and the shade house and then a native garden that I've put another pathway in. So it's now a garden bed waiting to be filled up with native plants and plants that attract insects, and I'm weeding the bush by hand. I know it's Has not perfect. Has garden in Australia ever been to your garden? Yes, a couple oh, of times. Well, I think it's about time they went well, again. Well, Chris, in 2007, yeah. I won the Gardener of the Year competition. Oh, did you? Mm. But I still think Costa should come back again because your garden is continually growing <laughs> and developing, and you encourage so many people uh, to keep going. Yeah, it's not there yet. I need I need the time to get out in the bush and make, that really something because people look at the bush and they go oh you could subdivide that it's like oh my goodness you don't understand how amazing that bush is because it looks weedy and it looks scrappy so what I'd like to do is get some limestone paths Um, I have to be very careful because I don't want to interfere with anything that's there I'm watching five orchids coming up to bloom at the moment I think they're like a leopard sun orchid. It's but its I'm own not too biosphere, sure. isn't it? I mean, why interfere it's, with it? 
I know, and I am up to 903 identified species wow. there, Chris. I'm aiming for 1,000. <sighs> Let's talk about cyclamens. We'll take okay. our next call. Good morning, Carol and Ken Ross. How can we help? Yes, good morning. I'd like to know how I look after my cyclamen in the off-season. I've got four in pots, and two of them have lost all their leaves, and two have still got... Uh, uh, a few green leaves. I've stopped watering the ones that have got no leaves and just give the other one a little bit. But how and where do I store it in summertime? And mm. when do I start watering it again? I know, it's a tricky one. Um, yeah, a lot of people treat these as annuals and just give up on them because they do kind of look ugly and daggy when they, they've gone dormant. Often people just put them on their side in in a shade house and bring them out around autumn. Um, no, I haven't got a shade house. <laughs> yeah, under a tree. Mm-hmm. It'll so, be very hot. But it, is it a shady tree? Um, well, I suppose I could find a shady tree. Mm-hmm. Because that way yeah, if- they, they do their natural thing. I mean, the other thing is you just plant them into the ground. Um because they they work with the seasons. So if you were to put them out under a tree, then they get the rain when the rain comes and that will trigger them for their, their time to grow. Yeah. But they would also do well in the ground, Carol. Like, um, yeah. you know, we, we naturalise bulbs and as long as you're not giving them too much water, which risks them rotting, they would... Just yeah. die down at their normal I time and I come back at their the, normal time. Yeah. I thought if I did put them in the garden, then they're obviously going to get uh, water from the retic when it it comes on in summer. Mm. So I wasn't sure whether I put them in the shed or you, where in the off-season. Yeah, you could put them in the shed. I'm not sure if they, um, commercially, if they take them out of the pots and maybe keep them in sawdust. Maybe I'll get John to look look at this mm. one. Um, John sitting out there. Master John, searcher, can yeah. you follow up for us on the treatment of cyclamen corms in their off-season? Cyclamen corms. Because often Are you listening, uh, John? bulbs and, and corms can <laughs> get diseased. <laughs> I think he's talking to Bev, to be honest. Yeah. All right, we'll come back to you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. Okay, thank okay. you. Have a lovely weekend. It is uh, 22 minutes to 10. Um, they're out there chatting, aren't they're they? They're just chitty-chatting along. <laughs> um, hello, can you uh, hear me, uh, Beverly? Good, Beverly, that's good. We're going to do a contest right now. We're going to do a giveaway. We were worried whether you two were listening to the program because there was a, a question about... Um, Cyclamen and storing corms. them in the off-season. How do we manage them, John? Yeah. Come on, John. Give us an answer before 10 o'clock. Okay, time uh, before we take our next break to uh, give away another $75 gift voucher. This will give you the chance to go shopping thanks to Paul and Linda Michener from the Green Life Soil Company in Middleswan. Now, the contest, as usual, is for Curtain Club members only. 
Um, and also, please, if you've won something in the last 28 days on air, give somebody else a chance to win this gift voucher, which is a doozy. Let me tell you something about the Green Life Soil Company, if I may briefly. Their motto is delivering a greener garden, and it's a philosophy founded on permaculture. The Green Life Soil Company promote biodiversity and sustainability, which we should all be doing. Thoroughly encouraged by Faye. Green Life Soil Company, they've got mulches, manures and compost and fertilisers and mineral sands and sand remedies, soil conditioners and so much more. They even have native fish for your ponds, worm farms, seeds and seedlings, natural pest control solutions and oil the soil supplies and amendments you will ever need, all in one place. The Green Life Soil Company have a wealth of information on their website so you can go to greenlifesoilcompany.com.au where you'll find products to match your gardening requirements and so much more. You can join up for their monthly newsletter if you like. It's free and it's packed with full um, it's packed full of handy tips and uh, information too that are vital for the garden. Here is the question if you would uh, like the chance to win a $75 gift voucher true or false? This is another John question. True or false, there are more trees on Earth than stars in our Milky Way. Now just sit with that for a moment and think, and then dial 94841927 with your answer. True or false, there are more trees on Earth than stars in our Milky Way. Curtain Radio. It's 18 minutes to 10. I'm still thinking about that question. Uh, meanwhile... John has come to the party. He has. And we have all the information about cyclamens. Oh, lovely. Everything you wanted to know about dormancy. So stop watering when they stop flowering and let the leaves go yellow and wither. Then you put them somewhere cool and dry for the summer. They will even be happy outdoors as long as they're out of the rain. So if you keep them too, too moist in the dormant months, they can rot uh, in March, repot them into a slightly larger pot, teasing out the roots. Water sparingly, keeping the compost just moist, then bring them under cover if they've been outside. In the right cool place with gentle watering, they should be in flower again soon after Christmas and will get bigger and better each year. I'm, I'm thinking closer to autumn they will they would start to come up again in their natural environment. Mm. Now, I've got Pretty a couple good. of emails as Super. well. So Valerie has sent us a photo of a beautiful petosporum and thanks us for our wonderful program. She says, sorry, the photos are a bit blurry, but it was a windy day. The petosporum tenufolium bushes are four years old and had never flowered before, but they are flowering now. They have an insignificant maroon purpley flower and these have been planted next to a fence i i wonder if part of the reason is that they've gotten bigger but they've also they're probably also getting more sunlight which is something that plants need to flower these bushes look quite open valerie so i would recommend that you give them a light prune and when we're we're hedging plants sort of little and often mm -hmm. is preferable. So you don't wait until the plant gets to the size you want it. When you put in a hedging plant, you start trimming it fairly well straight away. The more you prune a plant, the more it will grow and the more flowers you'll get. Fantastic. 
We also have uh, a couple of emails from guests to our high tea. Oh. So this is from Susan and Brian. And a very big thank you for a very successful, fun high tea last Sunday. We thoroughly enjoyed ourselves, met interesting people, enjoyed a unique garden, partook in yummy food and drink in wonderful ambiance and even won a prize. It was really nice to put faces to names and voices and we look forward to hearing more of you all. So that was lovely. Thank Isn't that you. Good. And who's it from? That's Susan and Brian and from Vicky and Kirsty. Hi, Faye, Ray and your amazing band of helpers. We had quite a few, Chris. Mm -hmm. We'd like to say a big thank you for having us at the high tea last Sunday. Wandering through your beautiful garden with a glass of champagne was amazing. Gave us lots of ideas for our future garden. The high tea was unbelievable. We met lovely people and your team of helpers were gorgeous. Thank you once again. Well, thank you for all the messages that we received because we loved doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's gorgeous. We have a winner of the um, Green Life Soil oh. Company, $75 uh, voucher. Are you surprised? Well, Ivan, he might be the one with the yellow-shouldered ladybirds. He could be. Mm. He, Bev says yes. Her little head is nodding up. Yeah. Beautiful head is nodding out there. Indeed, it is Ivan. Ivan uh, came up with the uh, correct answer. We posed the question, there are more trees on Earth than stars in the Milky Way galaxy, true or false? And the answer was, and Ivan had it uh, quite clearly, uh, it is true. There are between 100 and 400 billion stars in the Milky Way, but it's estimated that here on Earth there are over 3 trillion trees. Wow. Well done, Ivan. Mm -hmm. You're going to enjoy that. I tell you, the products that come from the Green Life Soil Company are well worth it, and you've got $75 to go and buy whatever you like. Have some fun. It'll, your garden will say thank you. Just I'd like, like to give a shout-out yeah. to friends of mine, mm -hmm. Kathy and Kevin Mays, who are today celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. Well done. So 40 years ago on this day, we attended their wedding. Did you really? Mm, isn't that amazing? Do you remember it well? Oh, yes. Oh, where was it? Which church? Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure they celebrated at the White House in Cannington, mm -hmm. um, back of Cannington area. Mm. What a day. But it was one of the first friends' weddings that I ever went to with my now husband. Super. Were you married at the time? No. No, we got married a year later, so sort next year will be our 40th wedding. It inspired him to pose the question? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I thought perhaps I inspired him, Chris. Oh, good. Of mm. course, of course. But, I mean, it takes courage mm. for a man to break at the knee and take your hand and say, I, I want this for life. Yes. Well, actually, it would have been 40 years ago that him and I were on a trip through New Zealand where we met and fell in love. Although he, he says, no, I never loved you. But I, I think what? he just says that. <laughs> well, typical. What a, what a character too. Mm. It is uh, 13 minutes to 10 already. If you want to get a call in, now is the right time because uh, uh, Bev is busy on the phones, but she's always ready for your calls. And we have a couple of lines free. What I think um, we should do is also remind people about um, what uh, Dr... Uh, Rosalie was talking about. We have to go online and look for Biosecurity Blitz 2023 and register. Simple as that. Mm, it is. They, the apps that Deep Herd have put together are very easy to use. So my pest guide reporter is the 
the app that we use all year round mm -hmm. and you just take photos of your bugs or pest disease etc don't panic and no not at all and there's a couple of questions to fill out like where did you find this and what did you find and it just goes off to to my pest guide reporter and within a very short amount of time they come back with an identification where on does it. dr rosalie work which department deep deep herd mm -hmm. and if we help them they help us oh well they're managing biosecurity which is very important for us all Absolutely. particularly if we're trying to grow fruit and vegetables in our backyards now when people are looking I I know I've been walking around my garden a lot and I haven't seen a great number of insects moving around. But what I would encourage you all to do is grab your cup of tea and sit in the garden. Sit and watch a plant for about 10 minutes mm -hmm. because after the first few minutes, whatever bugs are there start moving around. They, they tend to be a bit fearful of us. Mm -hmm. They're easily frightened by our shadows or reflections from our phone and cameras. But if you sit there, you get to observe insects flying in and other insects moving around. And sometimes they're very tiny. You might see a lacewing larva mm -hmm. patrolling. You just keep an eye out for anything that moves. I've been waiting for somebody or something to move into our... Bug Motel, but nobody's taken up the uh, vacancy yet. I don't necessarily believe that, Chris. I think part of the thing is, one, just because you haven't seen them mm. doesn't mean they're not there. Two. Number two, we don't always know what we're looking for. And mm. number three, they don't always use the front door. <laughs> it, it's absolutely <laughs> true because... As I've sat yeah. watching my bug hotels over successive years, I have been surprised at the tiny little things that are flying past the cavities into the gaps or even behind. And sometimes if you didn't have like a, a, a backdrop that was white, these insects are so small, so quick and so dark, mm. they can easily move in and out without you or I knowing. So just because we don't see them doesn't mean they're, they're not, not there. there. Mm -hmm. Also at night time, go with a, a torch and shine it in the holes because sometimes what you'll see back is a, um, a reflection from like a cellophane seal. It looks right. like reflection from Glad Wrap yeah. and that is the the seal that a masked bee makes fantastic oh, all this knowledge it's nine minutes to ten wouldn't you know it? It's nine minutes to ten and the calls are coming in rapidly. We better get to them, Faye. But just a quick reminder, George Minaldi is here right on ten o'clock after our programme this morning. Sharon and Tapping, good morning to you. Good morning. Um, I've just got a quick one. I did all that advice on sick women's last year. I, I had sick women's in little pots on the table and I put them into these really large pots that I have that are in full shade. I've got standard um, lily pellies and things. They flowered all summer. Oh, wow. And, dormant. and then they, they basically, they some of their leaves went yellow and then they bushed up again. And then before you knew it, I had, I had hot pink flowers and purple flowers and everything. All summer, they went into autumn and they flowered all winter. So is that normal? Well, they, they're they happy in your condition, Sharon. So, yeah, I, I guess 
the temperature was okay for them and they got the moisture they needed. So, yep. Yeah, Why not? And they possible. probably acclimatised. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully. And they're still going now and they're still flowering now. So wow. um, I'm hoping I'll get another year. Or so. I don't know. Are they a, a long, long-term thing or do they die <laughs> after a few years? Well, a lot of people don't have them coming back after that initial flowering pot season. But did you also get the, the seed pods developing at the end of the, the flowers or the tendrils? Yeah, I've got heaps, heaps of those and I was pulling a lot of them out and some obviously self-seeded because they've got little ones popping up as well. Yep, so they've naturalised in your garden. Okay, great. Lucky well, you. If, um, yeah, I know. If, I, uh, if they flower again around Christmas, I'll send you a photo. Oh, I would love that. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah. Cheers, Sharon. Have a lovely weekend. Right, uh, to Morley. Morning, Audrey. Good morning. Hi, Audrey. How can we help you? Um, First of all, I'd like to thank you. Um, Some time ago, you referred me to um, a query about my staghorn. I had um, fern coming out of my staghorn. Yes, and Andrew came from your recommendation and helped me solve that problem. Oh, excellent. That's good. Now, my mother had a cacti in a basket that just had the um, one flower on it at one time of the year. And I would dearly love to be able to get to buy something um, I don't know the name of it. Okay. It was like a three-sided cacti with long... Um, a hanging basket? Yes. Okay. Long frond hanging out. Possibly an epiphyllum, but do you know the Cactus and Succulent Society have a show coming up? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it's in November. So keep listening because closer to the time... We will announce yeah. the details of that. That'll be at South Perth. Great. Lovely. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. I do appreciate it. You're most welcome, Audrey. Glad we could help. That's what we're here for. Thank you, Audrey. Let's talk to Margaret in Mundaring, who may be our last caller this morning. Morning, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Morning, people. Um, you with us? Hello, um, Margaret. I have a I have a collection of bamboo mm-hmm. for, to make up my bee hotels, and you know that division in the bamboo. Yes. Should I cut it so that that division is in the middle, so that they do have a back door and a front door? Oh, uh, look, you know they work it out themselves. I when I'm putting them into a uh, bug hotel, I cut to the the length. Well, make it as deep as I can, like. 15 centimetres roughly, if it can be that deep. And I tend to put, I cut behind the node and I put the node at the back. So it will depend how big your bamboo is, how, what the um, internodal spaces are. Oh, well, it's only sort of, it's around about the size of a garden hose roughly. A, re- yep. a regular garden hose. Yeah, that is, that's probably a little bit thicker. That's probably quite big. Um, 12 millimetres inside is about the most that most bees would nest in. Right. 
like when I'm drilling, I would go 4, 7 and 11 or something along those lines. Oh, right. Mm. So you, you cut your bamboo about 15 centimetres long? Yes. Roughly? Yep. Okay. Yeah, a, a toilet roll, the cardboard of a toilet roll, is that too big? It is too big, but what I then do is cut the bamboo or even use straws and put inside a toilet roll and then I put that toilet roll into a bug hotel just as a little, you know, holder. Lovely. Mm. Thank you. So regularly 15 centimetres long for the, or the thickness of the bee hotel itself is roughly about 15 centimetres. Well, it, it will definitely vary. Like if I'm drilling holes, there's no drill. I don't have a drill bit that long. So no. I do it as deep as I can. Um, if you're putting them into a, a container or something, it will often depend on, on the depth of the container that you're putting it into. Yeah, okay. That's lovely. Thank you so much, Faye. You're welcome. Thanks for your call, Margaret. Lovely to have you on the program. 25 degrees already. Temperature rising up to 32 today. Sunny all day long. Remember, the UV index is sitting at 9 until half past 3 this afternoon. And our last email has come in from Frances and she just wants to know what to do with bulbs after flowering. She planted some in pots and now they've finished. Do I take them out of the pots and put them away for next year or leave them in the pots? Either or, Frances. Um, the key is to feed them when they're dying down. Let them die down and dry out. I've got Noreen's in a pot that I've just put behind a back fence out of the way. Um, I'll probably leave them in there, maybe just put them in in an undercover area. And then around autumn next year for these ones, I'll bring them out and I'll pot them on into some good new fresh potting mix to give them a new lease of life. Great. Yeah, if you take them out, you've got to put them in a, a dry space, but they can shrivel and you can get, uh, fungal diseases mm -hmm. or pests come in. So leaving them in the, the pot, just stacked all together, out of the way, undercover, is probably the best thing. I see you brought me some flowers this morning, but we haven't had a chance to talk about them. I know. This is my J for Jasmine, and this oh. is the fragrant pink butter Jasmine, but oh. I'll save that for next week now, okay. Chris. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for filling in. It's oh, been a pleasure. Pleasure. I hope um, you know, Ray's fine and back next week. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening this morning and uh, sharing your knowledge with Faye and Faye likewise in reverse and with our guests. It's been a great program and we hope you'll be with us again at 8 o'clock uh, next uh, Saturday morning. Let's Talk Gardening has been the program here on Curtain FM sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Buy 10 bags, get another bag free, including delivery. It's 10 o'clock. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.